Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the May 13th, 2021 meeting of the Upper Marion Township Board of Supervisors. Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty, and justice for all. We'll begin with roll call starting on my far left. Tina Garzillo. Carol Kenny. Bill Genoway. Greg Wax. Tony Hamaday, Township Manager. Joe McGrory, Solicitor. First item for discussion tonight are meeting minutes proposed for approval. This is the January 4th, 2021 reorganization meeting, the January 4th, 2021 workshop meeting, and the January 14th, 2021 business meeting. What's the pleasure of the board? I'll make a motion to accept the minutes. I'll second. We have a motion from Supervisor Garzillo, seconded by Vice Chair Kenny, to approve the board meeting minutes from January 4th, the reorganization, January 4th, workshop, January 14th, business meeting. Questions, comments, corrections, additions from members of the board? Anything from the public? Mr. Hamaday, anything from the viewing public? Nothing at this time, Mr. Genway. In that case, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes 5-0. Uh, chairman's comments. I have two items uh, for tonight. First of all, we had an executive session prior to tonight's meeting, and that was to discuss litigation and personnel matters. Uh, secondly, I just wanted to comment on the joint meetings that we had with our various boards and commissions on April the 22nd. We met with five groups that evening, the Pension Advisory Board, reviewed all of the various plans that we have and provided excellent news that our pension investments are strong with annual audits reporting our actual funding to be among the highest rated in the state and that all funds are indicating solid growth. The Shade Tree and Beautification Commission reported for the 45th consecutive year, Upper Marion was named a recipient of the Tree City USA Award. The only other Pennsylvania community that can claim this honor of having met all of the qualifying criteria is the city of Philadelphia. The commission religiously plans for, de for development and redevelopment, assuring uh, that the proper species of trees and, and vegetation are planted, the quality and number of trees are included. And finally, they planted trees again this year to enhance our tree bonnet, our stormwater management, and of course, we need trees to provide us with oxygen. The zoning hearing board discussed the review of over 30 cases over the last 15 months. And of note is that there were several appeals with all case appeals being upheld and supporting the decisions of our zoning hearing board. They also reported that most cases are involving dimensional variances versus use variance, meaning people wanna modify their setbacks uh, or frontage and uh, not trying to change the use from one occupancy to another. The Board of Community Assistance reported on the number of requests that they had received to that point, and they will be reporting very shortly on the award suggestions. And the Farmers Market Advisory Board advised of COVID impacts on the market and the status, and while not quite back to normal, they are ready, willing, and able to make the upcoming summer market an excellent community venue with vendors, activities, and community events. Our final series of advisory board joint meetings will be held on May the 20th. We will have the Public Safety Advisory Board that night, along with the Planning Commission, Transportation Authority, General Authority, Community Center Advisory Board, 
and the Park and Rec Board. This Board of Supervisors is very, very reliant upon our various boards and commissions to help us continue to build our community back better post-COVID to make Upper Marion an even better place to live, work, worship, and play. With that, we will move into new business. And the first item under new business is indeed the Board of Community Assistance and their presentation to announce the award winners, or award recipients. And Ms. Sardinas, you're back. I'm back. Hello. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna I was this. just going to say, for clarity purposes, you're, you're welcome to remove your mask. <laughs> Maybe you don't want me to take my mask off. You don't want clarity from me. Hello. Hi. Good evening, everyone. I want to thank the board very much for allowing me to and the time to do this presentation. As you know, sometimes it is very hard to do this presentation because there's so many very well-deserving organization and yeah. students that we'd like to award money to. Now, as you know, the BCA was established in 2013 through a partnership with the Upper Marion Township and the Valley Forest Casino Resort. Our job is to advise the Board of Supervisors, which are you guys, on providing assistance with monies received from the Valley Forest Casino Resort. And this is usually divided into two different groups. One is for nonprofit and 501c organizations and their proposed projects, which will affect Upper Marion's community and residents. The other part is for college scholarships to Upper Marion Township high school seniors, regardless of where they go to school, as long as they reside in Upper Marion. To date, the BCA has awarded over a million dollars in grants, money to people. The BCA is founded by five people. Three of them are appointed members by the Board of Supervisors. Brad Montique, who is our chairperson, myself, Lydia Dan Sardinas, and David Karen. The Valley Forge Casino Resort representatives are Ron Bailey and Gina Mancino, and Greg Wax is our supervisor liaison. And at this point, I also like to put a shout out to Jerry Fatimo who is doing all the paperwork on this. And um, it was a plethora of paper. I love that word. <laughs> okay, for 2021, we had an, a total of 47 applications, which is a lower amount of applications. And probably due to COVID, that the, the number of applications was lower. There was 26 organizations, three sports, and 18 scholarships. Now, the 18 scholarships is low, but, uh, you know, the school not being all the way in session, I think it was more difficult for them to work out how to do a, an application. Since the BCA is commissioned to review the applications, we um, look at what the organization, sports, and scholarship people are doing or asking for, because a lot of that is very important to you, the township, and us as to what the money will be used for. Uh, this year, we are suggesting 
an award of for two, 39, organiz, 39 organizations, sports and scholarships, 22 organizations, three sports and 16 applications, I'm sorry, scholarships. The available funds this year is 104,650. I'm not very good at that, am I? Okay. Um, so here are our recommendations for sports and organizations. For sports, the Upper Marion Special Olympics sports, $1,000 for the Unified Bocce Special Olympics. This is for equipment, uniforms, etc. The next one is for Upper Marion Baseball Association, UMBA, $1,500 for the Walker Field scoreboard updates. And the King of Prussia Soccer Club, $4,500 for the replacements of broken soccer goals. Our organizations this year, we start out with the Dr. Martin Luther King National Holiday Committee, $500 for their community service project. For the Environmental Advisory Council, EAC, and Economic and Community Development Committee, the ECDC for their electric vehicle charger expansion and education. Oh, 3,055, sorry. Uh, we feel that literacy is important for our nation. So Literacy Council of Norristown, which has programs in Upper Marion for $2,500 for their adult literacy education program. Mitzvah Circle Foundation, which is a new one for us, they offer a use critical needs for families and they a diaper bank for for Montgomery County, so we decided $1,000 because that is a good need for families. Their local neighborhood Meals on Wheels, 2,500 for their daily meal delivery program. Roberts Elementary School, their PTC or Parent Teacher Council, $2,000 for their outdoor learning and gathering space. And then Shade Tree, Beautification and Commission, $3,500 for their Community Forest Support Nursery. That sounds kind of strange, but trees come in, or I'm sorry, um, applications come in at any time asking for trees to, or to replant some trees, and sometimes trees aren't available, so therefore they would like to set up a nursery so that they have trees available at many different times for that specific purpose. Theater Horizons, $2,500 for theater education programs, their summer drama camps and after school club. We are recommending that they use the money for scholarships for children that can't usually afford this type of organization. The community cupboard, $2,000 for the Upper Marion School District social work, two of their programs, their emergency fund, $10,000, and their Thanksgiving dinner project, $2,000. Upper Marion Emergency Aid, $2,250 for their back to school project. They, use, they, will, they work with the mall used to be, um, getting shoes, socks, 
clothing for children so they are prepared to go back to school. Upper Marion Parks and Rec, $1,500 for their team basketball leadership program. Also for the Park and Rec Advisory Board, $2,000 for benches for along Crow Creek Trail, which is, will be done this summer, maybe? Okay, will be done this summer, that's better, okay. Um, the Upper Marion Township Library, this is one that is very near and dear to me. The $2,500 for their 47th annual Write and Illustrate Your Own Book Contest. This year, we are funding the binding of the books as well as some of the awards for the children. Again, for the Township Library, $800 for microphones for in-person programs. For the Township Pool, $895 for a training equipment of a water rescue mannequin. I believe when my daughters took this course, they had to go down to the bottom of the pool and pull out, I don't know how heavy the weight was from the bottom of the pool, but this time they have an actual mannequin that looks like a real person. And tree tenders, $650 for the Silas T. Burgess Arboretum replacement signs, which I hope will be up and running soon. Another new one is the Valley Forge Alumni Association of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, $2,500 for the Valley Forge Historical Park Monument to Patriots of African Descent Wayside Exhibits. This exhibit you can see, or I should say the, the stone you can see on Route 23 as in Upper Marion. Um, it's on the bike trail. Actually, it's not on the bike trail, it's on the walking trail. The last one is the Victim Service Center of Montgomery County, $2,500 for their hotline for crisis interventioning, intervention and counseling for Monco residents. Now we come to the fun one. The, our recommendations for scholarships, what we look at, not only at the academics of a child, we look at their activities, out, um, their sports, the need, do they need the money, or actually, I shouldn't say it that way, is there more of a need for this funding and what project are they working for? Because this is the BCA and it's for community assistance, we feel that the students should also be doing a project to present a service to, a service project aimed at our community because we want them to help Upper Marion in various ways of their own choosing. And I'm going to put a disclaimer right now. I apologize to anyone who I mispronounced their names. So the first person is Isabella DeSanto, $1,000. Her project will be with, in conjunction with the King of Prussia Fire Department. Uh, there, she's doing a 9-11 memorial presentation. Riley Hanlon will receive, hopefully, a $1,500 scholarship, and she works with the Foster Angels. She's planning a fundraiser with them, and I believe it's going to be Eastern Pennsylvania-wide. 2,000 scholarships 
goes to Carter Bez and Ben Iyer for tutoring and mentoring through the Summer Lift program. $2,500 for Andrew Egan, Raina Friedrich, and Justin Kravis. Andrew will be working at a summer basketball camp. He's devising it, and he also will be coaching in it. Raina will be tutoring children at the Hebrew School, and Justin Kravitz will be doing trail maintenance at McKeg Nature Center. $2,500 scholarship. These three people, two in conjunction with each other and one by himself, hint, um, are receiving $2,500, and all three of them will be working with the community covered, and all three of them will be doing a fundraiser. The two women will be doing it together, and we, we may suggest to Will Bill to do it with them. Um, Kaylee and Emma also want to work on social media of the community covered. The next one is $3,000 scholarship. Sarah Adams, Ariel Garcia Kaliner, and Kristen Ganayam. Sarah will be tutoring and mentoring for the lift program. Ariel will be implementing a water safety program at the pool. And Christian will be tutoring and mentoring at the lift program. And no, these two people will not be working together. Okay, now the next three scholarships are our last ones, which are the Ronald G. Wagaman Scholarship for $5,000. We have two recipients, and the Journal von Steuben Scholarship for $10,000. These are a little heftier in, in amount because we felt that they, their service project was well-written, uh, well thought out, and not only did they give the reasons why, they showed how they were going to implement it, they did a lot of research and put a lot of effort into their scholarships. So without no further ado, the first Ronald G. Wagaman Scholarship for $5,000 goes to Hannah Hope. She is going to UCLA, and she wants to create historical videos for Upper Marion Township in, with King of Prussia Historical Society. She has the approval of it, and it sounds wonderful to me. The second person is Ashley Nguyen, and right now she's undecided where she's going. I believe she has two or three applications out as to different schools, and one of them is Villanova, Carol. Okay, she wants to do an environmental awareness program through the library, which will focus on elementary school children. The last person is General von Stupin, excuse me, scholarship for $10,000. And it was with Parker Edge, who is going to Westchester University. We were very impressed with his presentation because he had several pages of it and it was well written and he did a lot of work on it. And he made sure that he contacted individuals in the township to make sure that he could get this done. Not only did he have his permission slip, et cetera, he did a lot of work on this. His project is called Pride in Upper Marion's 
LGBTQIA, Inclusion and Awareness. He will be doing this presentation around the township, uh, focusing right now on the library and the farmer's market. We plan on doing a second round of applications in for, which will probably open up in July 20, I'm sorry, July 1st, 2021. And they're due by September 15th. And if you need more information, you're gonna call the township. So I'd like to invite the Board of Supervisors and all recipients, if they're approved, to go to the awards reception, which will be at the Radisson Hotel, Wednesday, June 9th, at between 5.30 and 7.30 p.m. And I believe it's going to be outside. Outs we have an outside, but in case of rain, they can move it inside to another room. Okay? So th that is the end. Thank you very much for allowing me to present this to you. Any questions? I have no answers. So. Mr. Wax, as uh, our liaison, anything to say? Uh, I do have a few things to say. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you, Ms. Dan Sardinas, for coming here tonight and, and doing the presentation. I know it's your favorite thing to do, so I, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, I do want to thank the entire BCA for its service and its work. I know there are difficult decisions that need to be made. It really is a, a pleasure to be liaison to this board, especially since, and I think you'd acknowledge, my job is to say as little as possible. And, and um, this year, as in previous years, especially when it comes to scholarships, I, I don't open my mouth. I just sit there and listen to the discussions. And it's, it's really pretty fascinating. Um, I also want to, um, it goes without saying, I want to thank Valley Forge Casino Resort. Um, there were some significant concerns because of the closure of Valley Forge Casino Resort that the BCA would be handicapped um, in regards to a loss of revenue and um, a loss of funds to distribute to the, to the BCA. Um, the BCA funding is tied to the number of slot machines in the casino and the number of seats at the table, number of seats at table games. And when the pandemic forced the casino to close, nobody was sitting at the slot machines and nobody was sitting at the table games. Uh, so Valley Forge Casino Resort's obligation, um, you could argue, uh, was reduced, but Valley Forge Casino Resort really came through big time by um, smoothing out and adding additional funds to the BCA for, for this year, and it's going to help for next year too, because the economic effects of the pandemic um, are this year, and that alters the BCA or would alter the BCA funding for next year. But because of um, Valley Forge Casino Resort advancing the BCA funds, it's it's going to be smoothed out to some extent. It, it's made a big difference. Um, I also want to welcome the newest member to uh, the BCA. That's uh, the VFCR Chairman Ron Bailey. As Ms. Dan Sardinas correctly said, the Valley Forge Casino Resort gets to appointments to the BCA automatically. And uh, Ron has really brought some very valuable uh, ideas and experience uh, when it comes to what the BCA should look for. Um, and, and I thank him for his time on the BCA. I hope he enjoyed this first year. And uh, I look forward to him being with the BCA for several years. Um, a few more things. Uh, I wanna point out that one, this is the highest ratio of scholarship money to grant money ever awarded. It's not exactly 50-50, but it's close. Um, 
And as I'm all for college scholarships, I, I certainly am not complaining. Um, and obviously there are very hard decisions to me to, that need to be made. But um, I know that the residents who have kids and the kids who are going off to school appreciate it. Um, the highest percentage of scholarship applicants since year one received scholarships. Year one, I believe there were only eight applicants and I believe they all received scholarships. And this year, almost every applicant received scholarships and that has not been the case in the past. The highest percentage of organizations who applied um, the number of them who receive grants. That's the highest, that's the highest percentage ever. That is in part because the number of organizations that applied went down. Uh, although I suspect that some of the organizations which did not apply in the initial period will probably apply in BCA round two. And I do want to clarify something that was in the presentation. Um, I believe it said available funds, $104,000. That's not entirely accurate. That's, that's the, I believe the total funds that were given out, there are additional available funds for BCA round two, otherwise there would not be a okay. BCA round two. Um, I wanna also say one thing, um, and that is to, um, in regards to one of the applications for uh, college scholarships, and I've never commented before about a college scholarship recipient, but, um, Mr. Edge, if you want to ever, ever want to go into the exciting field of grant writing, uh, oh, yes. you can, you can laugh about it. Oh, yes. Um, as Ms. Dan Sardinas said, um, I think that the BCA members were, were floored by how thorough a job that you did with your grant, uh, pardon me, with your scholarship application. Um, all the criteria you checked off, you had a complete plan and, Besides the merits of the project, which was unique, um, just regardless of that, how thorough it was done and how, how everybody was talked to and a plan was you know, concise, I don't think I've ever seen the BCA in the eight years or nine years I've been liaison to the BCA decide as quickly as it has as to who was going to receive the, the von Steuben scholarship. And that really says a lot as to the quality of the application that you put forth. So like I said, not to sound like a TV commercial that you'll never hear, but if you ever want to go into the exciting world of, of grant writing, um, you might want to look into it. Ms. Dancinius, thank you so much for your time. And let me also make a motion to approve the BCA's recommendations. That was going to be my next question. I'll second that. Okay, so we have a motion by... Supervisor Wax and seconded by Supervisor Phillips uh, to approve the recommendations of the BCA. Are there any other comments or questions from the members of the board? Okay. Uh, Mr. Hamaday, anything from the viewing public? Okay. Anything for the general public that's here? And seeing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? It passes five to zero. So congratulations to the award recipients. Uh, we are looking forward to seeing you on June the 9th. Uh, and, June 9th. That's and to right. the BCA members, uh, Lydia, please extend our thanks okay. for another year of, of great work effort. I do have to say like Greg, I really, this, the board, they do their homework. Mm -hmm. We have very good discussions. No one, no one is a slacker, I'll say. and. As you said, the conversation is lively. We have a lot of questions. And as you say, Ron also brought, brings in a different outlook because he's new, so he asks questions. 
And we do have to sit there and go, oh, why do we do that? But oh, we never thought of that. And so I, it's, it's great. I, I, this is a wonderful board. And I thank you all for letting me be part of it. Thank and, you. And let me just second what you said in regards to the BCA doing its homework. All the members really do the homework. I mean, they really do the homework. They go above and beyond. If if if, if an organization says they need um, X amount of money for, for Y, they will look into um, Y and they will look into uh, how much it costs, whether or not there are better deals out there, so on and so forth. The amount of work that is done is shockingly impressive. And it is such a short time, too. I know that Jerry had mentioned to us, like, well, I don't know when you guys are going to have time to read this. And, and I said, so are you kidding? We've already started reading this, you know, so it's, we're up to date, you know, because we do our homework, we ask questions, and sometimes we do ask the people that, uh, except, for the except for the students, we do ask members, exactly what did you want? But thank you very much. And I won't hold your time up because I know you have other important things to talk about. <laughs> See you. Thank you. Thank you. Item B on the agenda tonight is a conditional use hearing. This is a continued hearing for Mansell Mill Road Company at 850 Mansell Mill Road and the application for a conditional use approval pursuant to section 165-135 of the use regulations of the Township Code to permit a residential oriented development to be located on the SM1 zoned property. Mr. McGorry, I'll turn it over to you. At this time, I'll open the hearing. Uh, this matter was uh, heard at a previous meeting and the record remained open for the purpose of introducing an agreement um, to the township on how certain traffic improvements are going to be funded. Uh, that agreement is not yet completed and the applicant's attorney wrote to us and asked to continue tonight's hearing to a subsequent meeting. So it's um, always so a longer opportunity to work those details out. So the request is to continue the hearing until June 20, or June 17 at 7.30 in Freedom Hall. Um, and um, hopefully we'll be able to work out those details before the next hearing. Um, at this time, I'll entertain a motion to um, extend this until June 17th. I'll make that motion, Mr. Chairman. I'll second. So I have a motion from Supervisor Phillips, seconded by Supervisor Garzillo, to continue this hearing until June 17th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, any questions, comments from the board? Anything from the public? All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. Passes 5-0. Next item is a public hearing regarding an ordinance amending Chapter 165 in the LI Limited Industrial District to provide maximum height limitations and to permit restaurants. Mr. McGroy. To the record, Board Exhibit 1 is the ordinance. Board Exhibit 2 is the legal notice. Board Exhibit 3 is the proof of publication. Board Exhibit 4 is a proof of submission to the County Planning Commission. Board Exhibit 5 is a proof of submission to the, actually it was the, the last exhibit was to the Law Library. This exhibit is to the Planning Commission. And then board exhibit six is submission to the Upper Marine Township Planning Commission. Uh, with that, we'll open a hearing. Everyone's familiar with this ordinance. It's been discussed at prior public meetings. It essentially increases the maximum height in the LI district to, um, 
to 80 feet on, on parcels of 90 acres or larger. And it also allows for restaurants uh, to be a permitted use in the uh, LI zoning district. Uh, with that, does the board have any questions? Any questions on this? We've seen this several times. Okay. Does the uh, public have any comment or questions? Seeing any on the internet? Okay, with that, we'll close the hearing, reconvene into the public meeting portion of the agenda. This ordinance is now in a position for your consideration. Thank you, Mr. McGorry. Um, at this time, I'll um, entertain the board's intent on uh, passing on a motion uh, to approve. I'll make a motion to approve this. Okay. This I'll second that. So I have a motion by uh, Vice Chair Kenny, seconded by Supervisor Phillips to adopt the ordinance amending chapter 165 of the limited industrial district to provide maximum height limitations and to permit restaurants. Any final comments from members of the board? Anything from the public? Okay, um, just for the record, I will be abstaining on this vote um, for personal reasons. And at that time, at this time, I'll uh, ask for Aye. Anyone uh, in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Abstain? Aye. So that'd be 401. And it passes. Next item is item D. Mr. Phillips, would you care to read the proclamation recognizing National Public Works Week of May 16th to the 23rd? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, as everybody knows, I have been a Civil Engineer Corps Public Works Officer for many, many years, and it's my privilege to be able to uh, read the Stronger Together National Public Works Week proclamation. And the National Public Works Week will be May 16th through the 23rd. And it, the proclamation is as follows. Whereas public works professionals focus on infrastructure, facilities, and services that are of vital importance to sustainable and resilient communities and to the public health, high quality of life and well-being of the people of Upper Marion Township, and whereas these infrastructure facilities and services could not be provided without the dedicated efforts of public works professionals who are engineers, managers, and employees at all levels of government and the private sector who are responsible for rebuilding, improving, and protecting our nation's transportation, water supply, water treatment, and solid waste systems, public buildings, and other structures and facilities essential for our citizens, and whereas it is in the public interest for the citizens, civic leaders, and children in Upper Marion Township to gain knowledge of and to maintain a progressive interest and understanding of the importance of public works and public works programs in their respective communities, and whereas the year 2021 marks the 61st annual National Public Works Week sponsored by the American Public Works Association and Canadian Public Works Association, be it now resolved that I, William Genoway, chairperson, do hereby designate the week of May 16th through the 22nd, 2021, as National Public Works Week I urge all citizens to join with representatives of the American Public Works Association 
and Canadian Public Works Association and government agencies and activities, events and ceremonies designed to pay tribute to our public works professionals, engineers, managers and employees and to recognize the substantial contributions they make to protecting our national health, safety and quality of life. In witness whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the township to be affixed. Done at the Board of Supervisors business meeting on this 13th day of May, 2021. Signed, William Genoway, Chairperson. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Mr. Phillips. Now that takes us to item E. This is J.P. Morgan Chase Bank Development Plan presentation for 677 West DeKalb Pike to demolish an existing 19,820 square foot building and construct two buildings in the commercial limited district on 1.03 acres. Mr. Hamaday. Thank you, Mr. Genoway. Uh, we have representatives from Chase Bank here uh, for a proposed development. They have submitted a, a, a preliminary and final uh, sub or land development plan, uh, as you noted, to tear down the existing uh, three-story office building on the property at 677 West DeKalb. If those of you are familiar with it, it's a property between Wilson and Schaefer Roads. It's the old Century 21 building. Currently houses some offices on the second and third floor, as well as Santander Bank on the first floor. Uh, they propose to tear down the building and build two new buildings, a 3,300 square foot Chase Bank and a 2,600 square foot retail commercial space to be determined. We have representatives here this evening from Chase Bank, and I'll turn it over to them to give the board a, a presentation and an overview of the proposal. Thank you, Tony. Right. Uh, my name is Fran Green. I'm with Core States um, uh, Group. I'm an engineer there. Um, as Tony said, we are uh, proposing to uh, remove an existing three-story building uh, on that property and put up two new buildings, uh, a Chase Bank and an existing to-be-determined retail or, you know, I'm not exactly sure what that building is going to be for the, uh, uh, the building on the, on the east side there. Um, we are looking to... Um, there is also in the back there, there is going to be a drive-through ATM uh, with, a, uh, par, um, with a travel lane for three stacked cars. Um, it's been, I know one of the questions that we generally get when these kind of uh, submissions is, is a three car stacking uh, sufficient for an, a, a drive of ATM there? Uh, in Chase's experience, it has been. And if for some reason there is too many cars stacked there, there is a 24 hour ATM in the vestibule of Chase as well. So people can just park there and go into the vestibule as well. Um, we are proposing to do uh, storm uh, management on the site uh, through two basins on the site. The site is located in a uh, sinkhole prone area. So we are not going, we are not doing any infiltration. We are doing a managed release concept, uh, which slows down the uh, water that goes through the basin and tries to mimic um, ground, uh, groundwater recharge into the system. Um, it is over an acre disturbance so that we are going for an MPDS permit as well. So uh, it is in review with the conservation district as well. Um, the, we are proposing to have uh, entrances off of uh, uh, Schaefer and Wilson and have uh, just, an, just one egress onto DeKalb Pike there. Uh, we've, um, it's been submitted for uh, 
uh, traffic impact analysis to PennDOT already, and they have seen this, uh, this plan, and they are um, going to have approval, but they are in acceptance of what we are we're proposing to do right there. Um, it currently has, the current property does have an ingress, egress off Decob Pike there, but that is not consistent with um, all the other properties there in Decob Pike. So we feel that just the egress there is um, the best course of action for, uh, for this property. Um, we have, um, you know, plenty of parking. We have parking there for uh, a bank and a retail facility there. Um, and um, at this point, if there's any questions, um, oh, we are reducing the amount of impervious area there. Um, I want to say about 10%. So there's going to be 10% more green area on the, on the site than there currently is. Um, at this point, I'll open to any questions that the uh, one on the board might have. I may as well ask the first one. I know that when you came to the Planning Commission, uh, there was a suggestion that you talk with neighbors. Uh, have you talked with the neighbors? Um, I, uh, <laughs> would you like to? We, we at this point, uh, it has not, uh, we have not uh, talked to neighbors, but we can certainly bring that up to them. Yeah. Mr. Genoway, can I jump in? Sure, Mr. Um, this has not been at a workshop meeting, correct? No, it no. is not. It no. was scheduled for the last workshop, so we brought them tonight to, to give an idea to the board. It still has to go back to the Planning Commission. It has not moved its way so through So it has there to go to the back to the Planning Commission. Um, having met with the neighbors yet, I really think this needs to be at a workshop meeting and not a business yep. meeting. Yep. Can I ask you a question, though? Mm -hmm. So you're tearing down a three-story building. What is the first floor footprint of that existing building? How, how many square feet? Um, I want to say 4,000. I don't yeah. know off the top of my head, about 4,000. So, so the overall square footage of the first floors is greater, but these are both these buildings are one-story buildings. So <laughs> the overall square footage of the buildings is going to be less. Okay, so, so because because it's a three story so, it's a three story building plus a basement that they, they I, utilize. I do agree yeah. with Mr. Wax on this particular issue. This should be in a workshop, but I will tell you this: that you are this is the proverbial ten pounds in a five pound bag because you are putting way more building on this site. And frankly, as somebody who was a Santander customer for many many years, even their situation was a terrible parking layout maneuvering situation. This looks worse. Well, again, so. we have less t overall square footage on the site, so there's less required parking for the site. Uh, we are meeting the, the requirements, zoning requirements for parking. You no, know, I, I get what you're saying because you're taking all three stories and you're adding them all together. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm just saying to you, as a as a matter of course, the existing building that is there in the design, it, it is already a tight spot. Now you're putting two buildings on it. Even though it's overall less square footage, your first floor square footage is more than what is currently there. So it's bad now. I'm thinking we need to have a serious discussion about what you're really going to do in the future. Okay. Well, again, we meet the zoning requirements for that, so I'm not sure, you know, what more we can do at this point for that. Um. I have a couple of questions. I, I think um, it would be fair to give them some feedback now so that when they come back to the workshop, we, we they have something that they've been able to go back and do. So, Mrs. Kenny. Thank you. 
Um, you mentioned that the percentage of impervious is going down by 10%. Uh, approximately 10%, yeah. Okay. I don't know the top number off the top of my head. So that, that means you're not going to be having more parking, but you're saying that there would be sufficient parking for the two businesses that will be there, one of which is a bank. And what is yes. this? Do we know what the second At, at this point, is? we do not have uh, a tenant for that second building, so we don't have Okay. We don't know what that is yet. Okay. Well, that's, you know, an unknown, and that right. makes me uncomfortable as well. Um, where, could you show us again where the ATM machine is scheduled to be? It's right, to right be? there in the back where the, where the three cars are stacked. Um, right in there, Carol. Yeah. At the bottom. I know. I know it's a drive-through. Mm -hmm. But um, is that... Am I looking, where is 202? Um, is it at the top of the? At the top, two, yeah, 202 at the top. is at the top there, yeah. So the ATM is at the back of the, that's what I thought, it's at the back of the yes. uh, property. There are homes that back up against that, correct? Yes. What about lighting at night? I assume it's a 24-hour ATM. How does that um, we, affect? We do have a lighting plan. How does plan that affect that is, the neighbors? Yeah, we, we do have a lighting plan that is in review, and if there's any issues with that, with that review, we will... Uh, respond to that yes okay well again the same point that my colleagues have made about being important to just to let neighbors know what your plans are for this um and my third question then um okay you meant you mentioned the two basins they'll be underground yes there's nothing on no rain gardens or anything like that you don't need those because you have no. the underground right and okay. we don't want to do rain gardens anyway because it's a single prone area we don't want to have you know so. Got it. Um, can you just repeat where the entrances and exits are? Um, there is an entrance and exit, egress and ingress off of Schaefer there, an egress and exit off of Wilson, and there's just an egress onto DeKalb up there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And just remind me, I, I'm just trying to picture mm -hmm. um, where, there, where the closest stoplight is. Is there a stoplight at either of those? Streets at, at Schaefer, just one, yeah, right? Schaefer, yes. okay. Okay, there are my questions. Thank you. And I'll just comment basically that I agree with um, Supervisor Wax that I think that this is premature to be bringing this forward tonight. That this is a little bit unprecedented for us to get all this information at a um, public meeting like this at, at this stage. Um, Another question that I had, I won't be redundant, but some of the questions were answered, but I was wondering about the, um, with the impervious uh, decreasing 10%, mm -hmm. and you had mentioned green space. How is, how is that being converted then from pervious to green space? And where are those areas? What were you referring to? Um, so there is, if you see this, the circle of where the, uh, um, the parking is between the two buildings, there's a large green space in there. Um, in the back area, there's some green space between where the uh, um, ATM is there. And in the, uh, I guess in the front there as well, there's some green space along DeKalb, so. And is that part of the stormwater management plan as why that those are there? Is that what that's? No, no it's, um, I mean, it's just, it just, you know, it's, we didn't need impervious there, so we figured green space, and that has the added effect of reducing the stormwater, so. Yeah, I think that maybe needs some tweaking as well. And, um, and the ATM machines will be drive-through ATMs that, a drive-through ATM. I'm, I'm yeah, drive-through ATM. Traffic pattern. It's going to be happening down there, and I agree with Supervisor um, Phillips that uh, 
I've banked with Santander also, and it's always just a bottleneck in there, and it's kind of, it's an unusual kind of traffic flow that goes in there. So I think that that ATM configuration may just exacerbate it even more. Well, again, there is a 24-hour ATM within the in the building itself. So if there is a backup there, if anyone is waiting there, they're going to go into, they can park and go into the building. So. I think that if I were that person, I would drive away. <laughs> I don't think I would park my car and and do that. But um, or, or just stay in line. Just stay in line. Or just stay in line. And and I know that at the planning commission, I raised that same question, and I said at my bank there are sometimes as many as six cars uh, waiting, but they have three queues also. But if you got more than three here, they're they're not going to get on going. They're going to they're going to wait as long as that machine does it in a reasonable period of time, and nobody's doing more than seven transactions. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, were you done? Uh, yeah, just. Okay, I, the, the roadway, the DeKalb entrance or exit, exit, it's an entrance off of DeKalb into the site today. It is. Yes, it? currently it is. And yes. you're going to put it as an exit? Just, just as an exit, yes. Just as an exit. Okay, I'm thinking I would eliminate that person. I don't know how PennDOT's gonna react to that one either. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you one question? In the bottom of your green space there, I believe I detect a dumpster with an enclosure. Is that yes, true? Yes, there's a dumpster, mm -hmm. yes. And how are you hiding that from everybody else? Uh, it's going to be fenced. In. Well, I get that. Yeah. But there's no, I mean, it's just there, right? It's a flat piece of ground and nothing's hiding. Uh, and there's going to be landscaping too, yeah. Okay, I'm thinking that's not the place for the dumpster, just saying. Okay. I, I agree with you, Mr. Phelps. When I first saw the plan at the Planning Commission, I thought it was a little too dense to put two buildings uh, on that site. Um, uh, but I think you have some guidance to come back uh, to a workshop and discuss this uh, in more detail with us. Uh, also, uh, has our attached engineer, have, have you seen this, Leanna? Yeah, we looked at it. It's currently under review in our office. Okay. And has traffic, uh, our traffic consultant seen it? All, all the other reviewing agencies are, are currently reviewing the plan. Okay. Yep. I, I think before we go to a workshop, we'd like yeah. to know those plans. We need a review. That information for the board, yes. Yeah. And I'd just like to add I'm sorry, Ms. that. Ms. No, no, just one other thought. Um, we've had experience with other land development, not land developments, but developments along 202. <laughs> over the years where, um, in theory, they have met our uh, requirements as to zoning. Um, but in practice, so many of them have proven, especially when they have uh, drive-ins, drive-up or drive-throughs, that they've gone out to the street, out onto DeKalb. This one might be different because it's in the back. but. Um, we're, we're just really leery of repeating the same thing over again that we hope that we learn from previous history. And um, that's, that's why we're all sitting here kind of saying the same thing, that we're, we're thinking, is that too much development in one small area? And um, we're concerned about the, about the queuing and about the drive-through. Um, so... And in addition, with that drive-through, um, 
It also could be a source of, if somebody's got a diesel engine, you're gonna get fumes from the diesel. If they're waiting there in line, you'll have um, people with radios on, especially in the summer. And um, then I'm thinking again of the neighbors, the noise from people that are right back there. I know they're not that far from 202 to begin with, and they're probably used to a certain amount of noise, of traffic noise driving by, but this would be exacerbated by being so close to those homes, so. I think the last comment that I would make is I know that at the Planning Commission, you said that you did not think that that other space would be a restaurant. Correct. Uh, based upon our experience with other properties along 202, um, a restaurant will not work there. Right. And, and, and zoning wise, parking, parking, it won't, parking won't uh, be sufficient for a restaurant there. But I think you might want to look at, at the other occupancies that are along 202 because we have clearly have some challenges. There are a couple there that are great with the ability to move around the sites, and there are others that are absolutely horrendous. And that's what Mrs. Kenny was saying. We don't want to make the same mistake again because the people then will become concerned about the density that we're actually putting on the sites. So. But I think you have some comments to uh, yeah. go back and, and come I'm back sure to the workshop. I have, one, I have just one more. I, I, don't, I don't even know if I expect an answer for this one, but I was just curious why the decision to make two separate uh, buildings, especially if they're only one story, I didn't know if that was a condition of um, a contract with Chase Bank that they were requiring their own separate building or if yeah, Chase just uh, prefers to have a standalone. Their own standalone. Yeah. So, okay. So that was the purpose of then you just want to maximize your building space. Yes. Okay. So last quick comment. I know you're reducing the impervious by 10%, but how do you meet the impervious coverage in the current district with what you're proposing? I, I don't know, have it off the top of my head, but I, we're, we're, uh, we're not asking for any variances, so we have you to. No, I, I understand that. But uh, are you are you under what you're allowed in that district, or are you yes. still over? Okay. Right. Uh, we're code compliant, so. Okay. I appreciate the code compliant comments that you continually are making. We're concerned with the livability of the space, because we're the ones after you move on that have to live with the site. So we're trying to make sure that whatever is put there is put in there for the best purpose and for the, uh, in, in the best manner for our people. So, uh, but I think we're good for tonight. I think we'll see you back at a workshop. Um, one more thing. Um, we have submitted this well over two months ago, so um, it will be coming up to the 90 days. So I think we're gonna have to um, ask for an extension. That's fine. Okay, um, do you need anything in writing? Is this sufficient? Yes. Okay. Yes, submit that to Mr. Hammond in writing. Yes. When do we, if you don't mind, when do we come up upon the 90-day period, do you know? It's in about three weeks or so. Yes. Let me just double check that, what Rob gave me. We may need to do it right now. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, so, so I understand this. They submitted their saldo plans, but yet they've never been in front of a workshop. We haven't had a, a review letter either, so. Interesting. Well, now, the application's March 1. Uh, the first planning commission would have been in March, April, May. So we're, we're into June. So our first planning commission meeting, so it would have been April 1, we, we could, April 1, June 1, July. 
we, I'm sorry, Mr. Hamaday. So it oh, I, I apologize. Um, we were it was submitted on March one. Our 90 day clock since their first planning commission meeting would have been April fourteenth. Uh, would have been um, April one. So we'll be starting the ninety days. So May one, June one, July one. So we, we okay, get so a, we have a little more time. extension. Yeah. So if we can get that to me, uh, I can have the board approve an extension okay. in the at the June meeting. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Uh, that takes us to the consent agenda, item F. And I'm going to read these off. And we are going to separate item G and deal with that separately. Uh, but for the general consent agenda, item number one, a proposal to provide engineering design services regarding Crow Creek at Tannery Drive uh, steam bank, stream bank stabilization to Remington Vernick engineers not to exceed $19,510. Item two. Uh, anything for that? Anything else on that, Mr. Hamaday? No, you're going to see that. Yep. Okay. Crow Creek Trail Project contract payment number six in the amount of 149850 to Kenny excavating for work done to date on the Crow Creek Trail Project, and that's through the grant. Uh, item three, acceptance of the following traffic signal easements as part of the Top Golf Land Development Project on First Avenue. Provco Pine Good Golf for First Avenue and Freedom Drive and North Gulf Road and Freedom Drive intersections. American Baptist Church's Brandywine Operating Partnerships for First Avenue and Freedom Drive and North Gulf Road and Freedom Drive intersections. And Valley Forge Colonial LLC for Valley Forge Casino and First Avenue intersections. And this is for a series of crossings and, and lights that will be uh, installed on Long First Avenue at North Gulf. Um, item H that's on here. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the extent of that consent agenda. And then under item J, which is an addition, resolution 2021-19, PennDOT master casting agreement, authorizing the chairman to sign master casting agreement between the township and PennDOT, which sets the cost for adjustments to our manholes and inlets on state roads in the township that PennDOT plans to pave during 2021. Uh, this just came to us yesterday. We don't have the paving list as of yet. And item K is to authorize the purchase of two police replacement SUVs, expeditions in the amount of $101,500 through any available state or CoStars contract. The dealer inventory for police cars is extremely low due to production delays of new vehicles caused by shortage of semiconductors used in the computer systems. And if we wait any longer, uh, the delays may extend uh, several months even into next year. So we want to move on those to make sure that we have the timely uh, changes. So that is the extent of the consent agenda. May I have a motion, please? So moved. I'll second. Motion by Supervisor Wax, seconded by Supervisor Garzillo uh, to adopt the consent agenda. Any other comments from members of the board? Anything from the public? Mr. Genoway? Yes, I'm sorry, Mrs. Kenny. That's good. Now, I'd just like uh, to have a little bit more information, if you would, please, Mr. Hamaday, about the casting agreement and yes. what what that involves. Sure. Uh, for me, as well as for the public. Sure. Thank you. Uh, every year, uh, when PennDOT does a road project, uh, either two things happen. They, with uh, repair, uh, all our manholes, uh, the, the manhole rings, the risers, mm -hmm. uh, when they mill around it, if they need to be repaired, or our inlets. 
So rather than us take the time and, and money and effort to do that, we enter into an agreement with a fixed cost for PennDOT to do that work. So this way we know what they're doing and how much it's gonna cost us and saves us time, uh, effort and money for doing it ourselves because we have to coordinate with them while they, before the, once they mill and before they pave the road. So this agreement uh, allows them to go and do that work uh, at a fixed cost. Okay. And typically it's probably the same cost that we get, but at least we know what we're gonna pay when they do it. Okay, yeah. uh, all the years that I've been here, I don't recall ever uh, having this come before us or I might have just forgotten. Um, it, it, typically in, in the okay. past, PennDOT has, has changed a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. Typically it would be a 10 year master casting agreement. Now they kind of do it every year uh, because okay. prices change. They don't want to lock you in on a, a cost today and next year it triple and then they have to eat that. So they're just making sure mm -hmm. that they don't lose any, any, any money. So uh, each year you may see us uh, putting that before you just to, to have you approve that agreement. Okay. Yeah. And I assume these are all PennDOT roads. Yes. This, these, this would be about. our facilities within right. PennDOT's roads. Right. Because we own the sewer system yes. and the stormwater system. Stormwater. Okay. Thank you. And we don't yet know which roads specifically. Not yet. I haven't received the list yet. Okay. Uh, Mr. Lackamar should be getting that okay. uh, shortly. And once I get that, we'll send it to the board and also make note on the website for the public. Okay, thank you. Okay, anything else from the board? Anything from the public? Mr. Hammond, anything online? Not for the consent agenda. Okay, um, in that case, all in favor of adopting the consent agenda say aye. Aye, aye. opposed? Passes five to zero. Uh, the next item, item G, is permission to advertise a conditional use hearing regarding Renaissance Land Associates 2, uh, LP and Renaissance Land Associates 3, uh, for 2901 Renaissance Boulevard and 2501 Renaissance Boulevard, lot four, uh, regarding uh, conditional use regarding building height. And Mr. Hamaday. Yeah, I, I can provide some additional information and this will answer the service request that the township uh, received. Uh, it's a permission to advertise a condition use hearing. Currently um, in the uh, CG district, uh, the maximum height for any building is 50 feet. However, uh, the code does provide for a conditional use to increase that height to 65 feet. Uh, and that's uh, code section 165-106. And that is what the applicant is asking for for the property at 2901 Renaissance, which is part of the, the Crater Resources Fund. That's the property that's in the cul-de-sac that abuts Crooked Lane. Yeah. Uh, and if I may, uh, I just want to read the service request that we received uh, for that information. Uh, service request uh, was from Patty Erickson, 533 Lawndale Avenue, King of Prussia, PA. Uh, the question is for the consent agenda item G, permission to advertise conditional use hearing. What regulation ordinance are they requesting relief from and exactly what is the specific conditional use that they are requesting? It would be helpful for residents to know what the developer is requesting before the meeting hearing is held. And then in response to that piece, you're, ask, you're giving us, if, if the board does permission to advertise that, the township will then follow the, uh, the requirements to advertise, which means posting the property, putting the notice of hearing in the, in, in the newspaper for two, con, uh, two consecutive weeks. We are also will send notices to every affected res resident within 500 feet. So we will provide all that information 
uh, on the hearing and on the relief requested once you give permission to advertise. Thank you, Mr. Hamernick. Uh, members of the board, comments, Mr. Wax. I guess I, I guess I have one question, and I have been communicating with Ms. Erickson a little bit earlier this day, and, and um, Ms. Erickson, thank you for reaching out. And the question is for, for Mr. Campbell, who I assume is counsel for this matter. And it's, it's a, just a real direct question. It's a question that I ask all the time. You know what the question is that I'm gonna ask. Have you met with the residents of, of Hughes Park yet? So, Mr. Wax, we reached out to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Erickson today. We, okay. my client had two conversations with him today. We know that we have to go back to the planning commission before the hearing gets held, which uh, you, you, I don't know that date, but we will provide them with um, a complete set of the plans, any of the information about our application. We've typically worked with the Ericsons as the point uh, representatives for the Use Park Civic Association. If there's someone else from the Civic Association that the board or the Ericsons would like to communicate with us, we'll do that as well. Um, we fully expect that they'll be at the next planning commission, or at least we'll keep them apprised of everything that happens. And uh, we've always had a, uh, a, the ability to have a very good and effective dialogue with them. We don't see any reason why we won't. And there's certainly a lengthy history of you working with uh, the Ericsons and the rest of the Hughes Park Civic Association. Uh, that being said, I do think that this is putting the cart a little bit before the horse, and maybe the permission to advertise is a little bit premature in the situation. Well, my I would ask you to schedule the hearing. We know we have to go back to the Planning Commission. We've been to the Planning Commission once. And if based on the Planning Commission's uh, input, including the Gulf Mills Association and the uh, Hughes Park uh, Civic Association, we may be doing something that we did earlier tonight, opening a hearing and moving it to another date. But I, but I, I would ask the board to schedule it. Uh, I, I know you have a meeting in June. If um, you may in fact need an extension from the applicant to make that meeting, I, I'll uh, provide that in writing to Mr. McGurry. But I, I would ask to schedule it for the 17th. Um, it's not uncommon uh, for it to then be moved again. But it, I, my sense is, is that you're right, there is a history with this, with this property and this project. I will tell you that the last time you saw this, this was gonna be a residential multifamily development. It is not. What's proposed is a life science building. Um, the height is no different than the height in the, at least the two, possibly the three earlier versions of plans that you've seen and approved. If anything, the, this building is further away from the Civic, from the uh, used park neighborhood. And so since it's been approved before and since this is, uh, no greater or less height than has been approved before and it's further away. We expect that there's only gonna be one issue. <laughs> it's not gonna be the height of the building. It's gonna be whether or not the uh, Renaissance road gets open to crooked, which is the, the theme that comes up every time we have these hearings. We've, we, we know that that's gonna be the discussion. We, that was the discussion at the Planning Commission. It's likely to be the discussion of the Planning Commission again. Um, and, and we think that the way that the township um, and the board has always handled that issue makes sense, which is to require the applicant to uh, make that space available when the decision is made to open that road um, so that you always have the option to do it at, when you find appropriate. And I, I certainly understand your point of view, but I, I think that at least for some of the residents of Hughes Park, the way they might feel after they heard about this is that well, didn't we go through months of a conditional use hearing previously to have residential apartments there and didn't 
dozens of us come to you know, business meeting after business meeting after business meeting? And um, the answer to that is obviously yes. And, and obviously the Board of Supervisors went through, went through all that also uh, for something that is probably not gonna happen. And I, I think that I would rather uh, keep this on ice for at least a month and withhold the permission to advertise. Obviously, my fellow supervisors can can you know vote the way they want, but I, I I'm just not ready for this right now. Not without uh, at least some input from Hughes Park. And you know, if you're going to get input from Hughes Park, you just said you're going to get input from the Gulf Mill Civic Association. And uh, no, I think you're probably talking. I think you're probably talking multiple meetings. So uh, I'm just not ready for this at the moment. Can you schedule it for July? You can always come back here in June and say you've made remarkable progress, and then we skip. Um, I'm trying to recall the application debt when it was submitted. The 18th, Ed. Uh, so we of March. Right. So we'll need extension to, to schedule and hear it if we go to July. Actually, Kennedy, what I'm trying to avoid is very much what you just described. Multiple endless meetings uh, for what I think is a singular issue that the, the other issues which we've discussed in great detail have been previously vetted. You know, the, the remediation of the cap is essentially complete. I think we've completely vetted that issue. We're not putting a, re we're not putting a residence there, which was a concern in the past, I think the issue is narrow, and I don't want to trouble or trespass on your time with, uh, or the staff's meeting with a year of meetings like we had two years ago. Uh, that's why I was hoping to schedule the date. And, and once again, I understand your rationale. I, I just disagree with it. Um, as I think you'd acknowledge, uh, this Board of Supervisors has been extraordinarily supportive of the mm -hmm. Discovery Labs uh, Centers for Breakthrough Medicines, um, but I think this is one that, that needs just a little bit more time in the cooler. Okay, I'll provide uh, the township with an extension uh, at least until July. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Campbell. So that takes us to item H, which is permission to advertise a proposed ordinance amending chapter 157, section 157-16 of the township code to establish parking restrictions on Jefferson Street from the Columbus Street intersection, 54 feet in a northeasterly direction and from Columbus Street intersection in 150 feet in a southwesterly direction. Uh, this is being done for sight distance and traffic safety consistent with the evaluation of our uh, traffic safety unit. Uh, this is in regard to a property which we have seen recently uh, and have discussed uh, a couple of times. So with that, what's the pleasure of the board? I'll make a motion to approve uh, the advertisement of this particular ordinance. I'll second. A motion by Supervisor Phillips, seconded by Vice Chair Kenny, uh, to um, permit the advertisement of this. Mr. Hamaday, did you have anything else you wanted to add to this? No, again, you said it. this is in response to the proposed development on Columbus Street for sight distance uh, off of, or out of Columbus Street. Okay. Um, any, any other comments, members? Any comments from the public? Mr. Hamaday, anything online? Nothing from uh, my MT. Okay. In that case, all in favor of permission to advertise this, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. I'm not. Item I. Permission to advertise a public hearing at the June 17, 2021 regular business meeting on the following proposed ordinances. 
a proposed ordinance amending chapter 165, section 165, 219 of the Township Code to provide regulations for bed and breakfast facilities. This is required by law. We do not have any requirements at this point in time, so this would be to establish bed and breakfast facility uh, regulations. Uh, this information is posted on the website as to what the proposed ordinance or how the proposed ordinance should read. Second item is a proposed ordinance amending chapter 165, section 165-61 of the Township Code to provide minimum track size and density in the R3 residential district. And this is to correct something that um, apparently wasn't put in in the original zoning for R3 back in the 80s, but we have found this to become challenging uh, in recent years and this is to correct that, uh, that issue, which actually should have been in there back in the original uh, zoning in the 80s. So with that being said, um, pleasure to board. Mr. Chair, yes. um, on that last ordinance, in addition to track size and density, we are also increasing the lot size of a townhouse or multi-residential uh, res multi lot. And we're also limiting the max, there was a maximum track area in that district of 10 acres. We're getting rid of that in its entirety also. Mr. Chair, also uh, with regard to that last ordinance, there there is a provision where we were talking about um, building coverage and uh, no buildings exceeding 12 units or 240 feet. Um, I think we probably still want to have a discussion about that particular provision. I think we took that provision out replaced it with a, a density of seven or six, a density of six. Right, well, that's kind of why I'm asking because it's still in there. Okay, it shouldn't be in there. Okay. But that, that's kind of why I was asking because the- oh, No, they, that, was in, that wasn't in my last draft. You may have a prior draft. And I, and I may. But I, I want to be consistent with that. I think the you know having the six versus the twelve is the important important issue. Absolutely. Anything else, Mrs. Kenny? No. Okay. In that case, um, any other comments? I'll make a motion to approve these ordinances for advertisement. I'll second. Motion by Supervisor Phillips, seconded by Supervisor Kenny, uh, to permit the advertisement of these two ordinances for June the seventeenth. Um, any final comments from public? Anything from online, Mr. Hamaday? Nothing, Mr. Genoway. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Zero. Okay. That takes us to item seven, accounts payable and payrolls. Pleasure? Let's pay those bills. Motion to approve. I'll second. Motion by Supervisor Wack, seconded by Supervisor Phillips to pay the accounts payable and payrolls. Any questions from the board? Just a question, Mr. Hammond. Our discussion earlier in the week between you, me, and Ms. Garzillo with regard to our, our, our a certain solicitor, are those bills in here and are they being paid tonight? Yes, they are, Mr. Phillips. Okay, yes. thank you. Okay, any other comments from the public? Anything online, Mr. Hammond? Anything online? I apologize, Mr. General. That's okay. Uh, nothing from my UMT app. Okay. And in that case, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? And it passes. Uh, it takes us to a bu additional business. 
Um, could, I, could I revert back to a prior topic? To answer your question, Mr. Phillips, there was a provision about a density of 12. That is what came out. The provision that you read stayed in and will be part of the next overall cleanup of the entire townhouse district. Okay, I just want to make sure that we, it's a very long building is, is my point. And I don't think we, we, since we are trying to reduce the densities, want that type of construction. So yes, if we're going to do that in the next revision, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, because we, we have to do a whole overhaul of uh, R3, R3A, R3B. Um, there's a lot of things I'd like to see changed, but we're trying to just do a shortened approach at this point for expediency reasons. And then we'll get back and reanalyze the entire district. Okay, back to additional business. And I will start, I have one item this evening. Uh, PennDOT has issued a press release regarding the long awaited Trinity Lane Bridge Rehabilitation Project, which, require, which will require a full bridge closure from May 10th, 2021 to early August. We received no prior notice of this plan and have set an objection to the state. However, uh, not conducting the project per PennDOT's plan jeopardizes the overall project. The detour route will use Holstein Road, Sweetland Road, and South Gulf Road and local access will be maintained up to the construction zone. We regret the inconvenience, but have no control over PennDOT's roadways or their scheduling of road work. And now, uh, Mr. Phelps, did you have anything? I just want to talk about the fact that as we uh, continue to get vaccinated and vaccines are now becoming more and more prevalent, hopefully we will be able to get back to a, a more uh, normal summer, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, but for those who have not chosen to get the vaccine, uh, even though mass mandates may be lifted, for those who have, uh, please keep your distance and um, wear your mask and wash your hands. And, uh, you know, hopefully if you can get your vaccine, it's available just about everywhere at this point. Please do so. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I've got two matters. First, I want to mention that uh, there is a new addition to the Township Lines, and you can check it out on the Township website, or um, it was sent previously via email. I'm sure it will once again be sent out in a future Upper Marion Township email, and you can sign up for the Upper Marion Township emails on the Upper Marion Township website. Also, I want to remind people that this Tuesday, for people who have not already voted via mail-in or absentee ballot, is Election Day. The polls are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. So long as you are in line at 8 p.m., you are legally eligible to vote, though I seriously doubt that there will be lines at 8 p.m. Uh, also, please note, in most primaries, um, the contested races are usually uh, partisan primaries, Democrat, Republican. However, there are ballot questions, uh, four of them in fact, and for the ballot questions, anybody is allowed to vote regardless of their party registration. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Mr. Wax. Um, Ms. Kenny. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, I just have a couple of things. Um, first of all, last week, I want to thank Chula for having a fundraiser in conjunction with the Upper Marion Township Foundation. Um, it was successful. You never make thousands and thousands of dollars with these fundraisers, but I think it does two things. It brings attention to our foundation and the work that we do with it. 
it also gives some advertising to a very uh, generous local restaurant, Chula. Uh, the second thing is also with regard to Chula, uh, on May 21st, there will be another fundraiser. This one is for the Upper Marion Township Library. So I invite anyone who enjoys their Indian food to go at lunchtime or dinner time. Just say that you are there for the fundraiser for Upper Marion Library, and 30% of what you purchase that day will go to the library. Um, finally, I just want to add my congratulations to Ashley Wynn who got one of the BCA scholarships. Um, I happen to know Ashley because she is our student, our new student member of the EAC. And she has been terrific already in the few months that she has been on our board, the Environmental Advisory Council. And she has also um, brought along some additional students who have attended our EAC meeting as recently as yesterday, last night. Um, it's just really great to see um, that she's still moving in this direction. Um, as Ms. Dan Sardina said earlier, that uh, her project has to do with environmental education. And um, I'm guessing if she does go to Villanova or some other university that she might be continuing in that vein for a career. So congratulations to Ashley, thank you. And I'll add on to that as well, that um, I was able to meet Ashley when we interviewed her to serve on the um, citizen board as a student representative. And uh, there's another one, I, I saw his name, Ben Iyer is another um, a student representative, I believe on the community center board. So these kids are movers and shakers and, and very involved and very proud of our, um, our young adults in our community. And I have two um, community related uh, announcements I wanna make. Uh, the first one is about the Upper Marion Farmer's Market, where our season is opening um, this Saturday, May 15th, uh, opening hours at 9, 9 a.m. through 1 p.m. Um, this year, our Park and Rec Department has done such a phenomenal job with just pulling together an amazing farmer's market for us that we, ha we now have a total of 44 total vendors, which we have never seen that number before. So... Um, shout out and applause to the Park and Rec Department and the trio of the team that's been working on this. 21 are brand new vendors, so that's exciting for us, and it's vendors across every, every um, category. Uh, produce vendors, artisans, um, uh, baked goods, breads, uh, just so many different things. So um, 21 new vendors, and we've maintained 23 of our existing vendors, taking us to that total of 44. Um, I want to read off a list of some fun things that um, the market uh, will be offering this Saturday. So there are free charburger tickets for the Habit Burger Grill um, as, until supplies are, are gone. The first 200 guests of the market will get a free water ice from Petrucci's. There's a free giveaway, um, and I don't know what that free giveaway is, so you'll have to let me know, or maybe I'll be one of the ones to get that giveaway until supplies last. Free fairy hair from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And I'm not sure what fairy hair is, but I'm sure the kids all know what that is. It might be like braided colors that you put in your hair. I'm not exactly sure, but free fairy hair. Um, musical guest John Costello, who's been a longtime favorite at the market. He'll be playing from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And we have a new food truck coming this year, Captain Chucky's Curbside Seafood. 
Um, you can pre-order so you don't have to wait in a line if you're interested. And uh, you can go to their website also and check out their menu. I personally am getting a lobster roll. Um, so I'm putting in my order for my lobster roll for lunch for Saturday. So that's, uh, that's a little extras. Um, so again, this Saturday, May 15th from 9, 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Uh, the other thing I want to let everyone know is um, we are happy to announce that we will be doing a celebration for 4th of July this year. Um, there'll be a carnival that's set up for three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it'll be the um, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Hoyser Park. Uh, it'll be the same carnival company that we've used in the past, and they're, they've put together a safety plan so that everyone can be self-assured that um, they'll be safe when they go, that they've um, presented a safety plan. We did attempt to get fireworks for uh, the 4th of July. Um, unsuccessful, we were almost there, but a lot of the municipalities are opening up fireworks this year, and um, they grabbed up all the spots that were available. So our, um, our firework company, Kimmel Schaefer, will be with us though for our October 2nd Community Day. So we have that to look forward to. So now we have two events for the community to come out and enjoy and gather, gather again safely. So uh, 4th of July weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the carnival event. And then October 2nd, we'll have fireworks with our Community Day. And thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, good. and I got a message today about the Upper Marion Park and Rec Cornhole Tournament, which is yes. Saturday, May the 22nd, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And that's going to be at the community center. And I, I would just suggest if anyone has any questions here, uh, you can go online to get information about the cost, about the time, 2.30 to 4.30 on, on May the 22nd, uh, how many teams they will have, et cetera, et cetera. But clearly, if you are a cornhole uh, player aficionado, you might want to compete in that and win a couple of prizes. Um, with that, uh, see we have some residents here this evening. Do we have any public comments tonight? Please come to the podium and uh, state your name and address and uh, share with us what you came to talk about. Good evening. Thank you to the board for a few minutes of your time. My name is Alexis Minieri and Alex Panetta. Um, we own property at 433 Church Street, and we're here today to address a safety concern that we've been dealing with for a few years now. We purchased our home in June of 2016, so about five years ago. Um, about three years ago, neighbors on each side of us located at 431 Church Street and 217 Church uh, Walnut Street installed fences across our easements, King's Alley and Coates Alley. Um, these easements are in a coordination with our subdivision plan that was laid out and our deeds. The easements are stated to be always open. Now there's six foot privacy fences were installed across these easements to restrict our access to our, our parking. Um, we do have a parking permit for the rear of our property, um, which was granted by Robert Loper. Um, we have been in contact with code enforcement, Mark Sajoga and Brian Sakel about this issue for about three years now. Um, code enforcement, so township code states on your website under the fence regulations that there can be no fences or barriers in any right of way or easement. These fences are restricting our access um, and essentially we're only allowing us to park in Church Street, restricting this road to one lane. 
our, we ourselves have two very small children. Um, we currently just recently just moved out of the property, but we do still own it. That being said is when the fences were installed, we were restricting Church Street to one road with our vehicles. Since then, we had to go to the court system and ask them for a preliminary and permanent injunction to have the fences removed. Um, we were issued that injunction, both from the lower courts and the superior courts. Um, the superior courts issued it in September. Um, the owners of 217 Walnut Street complied with that court order and removed the fences. Um, unfortunately, the owners at 431 Church Street did not. They still are restricting the easements and are um, not allowing proper ingress and egress. Um, I do have some printouts if it would be more helpful for you to see a visual of this. Um, we are simply asking the township to enforce their own fence regulations and, and remove the fences that are restricting these alleys. These alleys were put in place to help alleviate the parking on the road and the traffic and the dangerous situation of loading and unloading people in the, in the actual road, in the lanes. Um, so far we've kind of, the township said, we weren't sure if these were easements in the beginning. They had asked us to go to the court system and prove that they were, which has been proven through multiple um, adjudications now, which we have. Um, we have been in contact with Mark Zadroga about this issue. Him and Brian recently came out. All the alleys are marked with pins in the ground. So they clearly see that these are, these fences are installed in the easements. We are just asking the township to please help us remove these fences so that way the safety issue can be resolved. Um, in addition to that, both of the alleys are marked as private driveways. Um, 431 Church Street has it marked as private driveway, no trespassing, and 217 Walnut Street on their corner of their property has a do not enter private driveway sign. We are also asking that these alleys be marked properly in case there is any medical emergency or first responders need it, they would not be able to locate these in the condition that they are now. Um, they are stated as private driveways and if someone needed medical assistance back there, they wouldn't be able to give them any identifying marks as to where these roads are located. Um, our hope of coming here to the board is to let you guys know and inform you of this, this dangerous issue and hopes that we can get it resolved and simply just remove these fences so that way proper ingress and egress and um, uh, signage, you know, to, to identify these roads as what they are. Um, you well, th thank you. Thank you for coming in tonight. Thank you for letting us know of your concerns mm -hmm. and the history of, of the particular situation. Mr. Hamaday, do you have all of the uh, relative information that they've Okay. Uh, and I can get with him and then we can contact or get in touch with uh, uh, Ms. Maneri and uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Pineda and see what we can do. Uh, I'm very familiar with the area, uh, living in off a of coast lane for 30 years. So uh, I know it, uh, we used to walk through the, the school through that property. Um, so we can make sure that we can take, uh, at least help them assist them uh, with either placing notice on one of the owners because of the violation of the fence. Uh, but if, if I can, I'll review that and then we can contact you, Mr. Drogue and I. Yes. And I have some papers, if it would help just put a visual to this, yes, I can leave with you. I have copies yeah. of both the court orders um, and graphs that were submitted into yeah. court um, along with an 
pre-existing plot plan that was attached to one of the deeds mm -hmm. that clearly shows that these are alleys and, and we are really just concerned about getting the fences removed so proper ingress and egress can happen and that the safety issue is no longer an issue. Okay, so. and make sure traffic safety takes a, yes. takes a look yes. at that. Uh, do you have something to say on this matter, sir? Sure, absolutely. Okay. And I think that's all. I'll leave these with Mr. Hamaday, and uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much to the board. Sure. Thank you. Sir, you can come up. If you don't mind switching words, if you know, I, I don't want as much of your time. I'm going to take my mask off. As sure, that's that's fine. My name is G. Philip Brady. Thank you, Mr. Walks invited me this evening. Oh, Jesus, sorry. A lot of you know me from church. I, I grew up in the township on Hillview Road, um, and then I moved to King Manor in 1995. I'm proud to say I'm a Pomeranian resident my entire life. I grew up here. I really want to retire here. Getting closer every day. Um, Yes, and a lot of what Mrs. Maneri is saying is the truth. I understand, and I think a lot of us know, and, and I invite the board, if you could come over and look at what we're talking to, it would go a long way. Um, we did remove our fence. We are in condition to what the Superior Court said. It was a lengthy lawsuit. It was very expensive. I was uh, defended by my title company, which went very well. Um, I'd ask the board, before you make any motion, and I, I know we appreciate Greg, he's done great work for us in King Manor. We had some trucks that were running our lawn. He took care of that with Mr. Lockmeyer. Come over and see it. it any opening of the alleys in King Manor is gonna significantly impact the residents. The people on Crooked Lane, right now, the only people that can use the alley are the people on the subdivision plans. Who even knows what a subdivision plan is? I mean, who goes back and looks at a subdivision plan when they buy a house? I mean, we don't. I mean, it's a private alley. I own my entire driveway. It's in my deed. And it said, the court says I have to give them easement. That's fine. We're going to work that out through the courts. But to put that burden on a homeowner, I, I, and what am I going to do? Also, Mr. Hamaday, I'd like you to run the police reports lately. There was another incident yesterday. We've had more police calls in our neighborhood over this issue in the last three years than I've had in 50 years in Upper Marion resident. So I, I think it, there's a lot more going on here than somebody just taking down a fence. And my biggest question why I came here tonight, we talked about the permit that was issued in April of, of 2018. The township has a code, you have an ordinance that you passed in December of 2015 that said there's no parking on stone. I have it right here. I, you debated it just like you did Orient earlier night and it's not being enforced and I don't understand. And another important fact that wasn't mentioned earlier is they don't live in our township anymore. They just moved. I've been here for 50 years. They moved and they've rented their property, which is fine. But again, I don't understand why people don't have rental inspections. Who does rental inspections? Is that not a thing in Upper Marion anymore? It is. Okay, thank you. That's all I needed to know. Because you know, when I grew up here and I've been told by two municipal experts in the 60s and the 70s, Upper Marion was cutting edge with zoning. That's one of the reasons the mall was so successful. And, and code enforcement. David Freeman told me that, and a lot of you know David, he did the township seal among the other millions of things he did for us in our community. And he had told me that, another municipal expert. I'd like to see us get back to that. I mean, I'm not gonna make this personal, but when, I, when I've done work on my house, I've gotten a permit. 
because I feel like that's the right thing to do, and I feel like we need the revenue, right? It, I mean, that's why you have those rules. This isn't about fences. It's about bullying, okay? It's about bullying. That's what's going on here. And I really wish that one of you would come out or a couple of you and take a look at what we're facing and see Mrs. Perry and talk to my wife and see what's going on. We've lived in peace in King Manor since I've been there for 25 years. We haven't had these issues. The subdivision plan that was filed, the turnpike is, is there's a neighborhood on the turnpike. I mean, that's how far off the subdivision plan is. And I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm kind of at a loss that I even had to come here tonight and take your time up for it because I know how busy you are and I do appreciate your support. But what I'm saying is, I, first of all, I'd like the enforcement tomorrow for parking on stone. Here it is, here's the ordinance. I don't understand why Mr. Loper gave them a permit. I, I don't, he didn't come out and look at it. So I, I'm, I'm really confused about where we are as a township that we can give a permit to somebody that they can use to, to pretty much violate everybody's privacy and safety. There's no safety issues. Emergency vehicles go to Walnut Street and Church Street all the time. They're not gonna go behind the homes. We had a fire on Walnut Street a few years ago. You were there, Mr. Genoway. They didn't go behind to try to save the house. They didn't go behind the house. They went in front of it. That's where they respond to. I mean, right now, if a child uses my driveway as an alleyway and gets hit, that's my fault. That's my property. And those things need to be, a, it's, it's a court issue. It's not a township issue. That, that's what I came here tonight to ask for. And I, I, that's what I'm saying. Please come out and look at it with us. I, first thing I'd like is tomorrow, parking on gravel needs to stop. It says it right here. I mean, this is what you voted on. I mean, you know, I don't understand. Can I well, ask a question? I, please do. Yeah. Can, can I ask a question? Absolutely. What's the case number for this, this underlying case? I don't know. I didn't give you anything. What? Tony, what's the case number on this thing? I know there's a Superior Court appeal. I'm curious as to. 3473 EDA 219? 3473-EDA-219-3473-EDA-219-3473-EDA-219-3473-EDA-219-3473-EDA-219-3473-EDA-219-3473-EDA-219-3473-EDA-219-3473-EDA-219-3473-EDA-219-3473-EDA-219-3
Anything else from the public? No? Okay. Motion to adjourn. Second. We have a motion to second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. We stand adjourned. Thank you so much. <laughs>